Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Water. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is Sleeping with the Dumb. This is a multi-episode series, in which this is episode 11 and 14. So now look, if we as humans did not struggle, greatly struggle, with sex and sexuality, then it would not be plastered everywhere for your eyes to gaze upon it. Keep in mind, commercialism is driven by viewers, by end users. The industry gets all of its strength from us and our struggles. Now, I know some judge others as being perverts, but on the very flip side of the coin, they have no problem exhibiting all that they can of their own body, openly and publicly. Yes, I am not going to go there, but not because I am a religious guy, but because I think women and men see the issue of dressing provocatively very different. You see, I have no idea the strength and destructive power of the sex industry. No idea that when you walk in public scantily dressed, how many people cast their longing eyes in your direction. And I know, you don't mind. After all, this is why you dress that way. Oh yes, insecurity breeds the false justification that we, or I, have a right to dress in any way I want. We are talking to Christians here. Would you be dressing the same way that you do now if Jesus were physically walking around your house? New section. Look, women, you think that when men look at you that way and say, ooh la la, that it is a positive and uplifting moment, that he would pay such a compliment to you. If you dressed half exposed and you walked by a dog, if it could speak, it would say the same thing. Ooh la la. I'm sure of it. You must ask the question, What am I trying to attract into my life by dressing the way that I do? What is that man thinking while he stares at me? You see, I see dressing like putting on a tractant on a worm. We're trying to get the fish to bite the hook, thus becoming our dinner. When I think about a woman who dresses down, I think about how she has exposed what she should be saving for her husband's eyes only, and how she has considered something so frivolous as body image, more important than she herself is. Is it any wonder why you live in such a shaky marriage when he was attracted only to how you dressed and the shape of your body? What will you do when age catches up to you? Will he flee to another who is a younger version of you? Probably, because you made your looks a priority in your marriage, and now it may no longer exist. I know this doesn't justify his leaving, But in some part, you trained him to focus on the lesser version of you and not so much on the more important parts of you. I know the pushback that I'm going to get on this section, but someone has to say something for the sake of exposure only. No one is fooled as to the intent and purpose of dressing provocatively. Nope, not one person. And will the industry fight for you to continue to do so? Of course, because there's money in it. Separate yourself from the world of vanity and you will flourish as you have never flourished before. And please understand me, I'm not saying that everybody needs to wear long robes and dress in gunny sack dresses. (laughs) What I'm saying is that just think about the way that you're dressed. If you think Jesus would approve of what you're wearing, then you're good. But if you don't, then you might want to consider some other choices. Please don't tell me that you are unaware of the depths an enemy will go to destroy your now your right now, and your future. You may not think this is related, but think of it for a minute while you sit and fume. 
In war, we destroy anything that gets in our way on the battlefield. We make cities completely uninhabitable for humans. And for what? Do you think anyone in the industry that makes money off of you cares for your well-being? I know, I know. You don't care. I do this because blah, blah, blah. I do not expect to change the worldly dress code. The media focus off of sex or social media. I can only hope that you, the very you, are changed and enlightened about the massive sexual battle that the human race is currently in. I am right on this stuff because I have first-hand struggles with it. Not all of it or all things, but with parts of it. If you are not a Christian, do what you want. You are and will anyways, just like I did before becoming a Christian. In fact, I'm not only passionate about teaching and exposing this stuff, because I do feel extraordinarily bad for those trapped in its clutches. Now I intend on going through 1 Corinthians chapter 7, because it is a very strong weapon against all kinds of lust and perversions. I say again, it is a very powerful weapon, but only if we heed its counsel and wisdom. It can be a great shield around our intimacy and sex life, bigger than the ring around Saturn. So let's disarm the principalities in your heart, soul, and mind, in your very thoughts. 1 Corinthians 7, 117. Now concerning the things of which you wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. So wow, Paul gets right into the first and most important point. Now some say he was married and that she left him when he was converted. It's not in the Bible, but some say nonetheless. He was given the gift of celibacy after he was demasticized, which if you are unaware of the gift of celibacy, it removes the thoughts, feelings, attachments, and desire for sex from your very nature. It turns the switch permanently off. This is a gift from God. Now the Catholic Church laid claim to this gift and in fact required that those in certain positions within the church to be celibate. History has shown us that you cannot lay claim to a gift from God, if in fact God did not give it to you. This is why they have had so many issues within that church. To demand someone be celibate. Nope, it won't work. It doesn't work. Passion will win the day as it is carried out in sin and destruction. But so Paul stated what Solomon stated in the Song of Solomon, which is that you don't turn on the switch until you are able to satisfy. Of course, we know that we are not supposed to satisfy outside of the marriage covenant. This, even today, is why so many cultures protect their women and require modesty in dress and apparel. So don't touch unless you are asking for trouble. Verse 2. Nonetheless, because of sexual immorality. Because of sexual immorality, see, I told you I was right. There is a reason we should be modest and careful who we embrace outside of marriage. Sexual immorality affects everyone, yep, even you. You may not care or just don't give a hoot, but you struggle all the same. Now to the believer. Pay attention to what Paul just stated. He didn't state the inroads that would lead to our sexual struggle and sin. He just stated that we have an innate flaw, so you better take the following action. Let each man have his own wife. And let each woman have her own husband. The word let is saying more than it is intentionally letting on. I know it's a gift. But so look, we could say that it is saying to allow. 
not to sound like I'm picking on the church, but when we do not allow a man or a woman to have a wife or a husband, and they are not bestowed the gift of celibacy from God, then we end up screwing with the system of sex and appeasing the spirit of sexual immorality. And let us also draw attention in that we are to allow this so that they can have their own wife and husband and not someone else's. Stay in your own pasture. Least you again bring yourself into a world of pain and suffering, and in more than one area of life. Verse 3. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. What's with the let lead off? Let or allow the husband to render. Let's go to decom deep. Render. To cause to be or become. To do, perform, to render a service, to furnish, provide. And all the married women shout, yes. Perform, baby. And all the married women shout, yes. Perform, baby. No, but let's look at affection. Affection, fond attachment, devotion or love. Emotion, feeling, sentiment. Over and above our reason and affections. The emotional realm of love. A place in his affections. Okay, so this is due to your wife because she is your wife. Period. It does no good to have your own wife and not provide what is due her. So now, wives, we could rewrite this portion of Scripture, as Paul states likewise, the wife to the husband. Let the wife render to her husband the affection due him. It does not say due to another, due to your kids, grandkids, mom, dad, brother, sister, cat, or dog, to your house or hot rod. Nope. So in both cases, it states due. When something is due and it is not taken care of, when it is due, what happens? Well, in the world of bills or blockbuster videos, it's a late fee, of course. But in a world of sex and intimacy, as you will see, it comes with a full, all-out spiritual attack on the relationship. Remember, the goal for the devil is destruction. In marriage, the D-Day word is divorce. Well, that's it for today, and yes, we do need to stop. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, steal, and destroy the work of the enemy and create space for the light of life to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time and keep watching.